Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat again with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka the Child Whisperer, who specializes in treating children with autism spectrum disorder and ADHD using psychology by stealth. This is the third episode where Arnie and I discuss ways we can work through the challenges of life as a parent during the coronavirus lockdown. If you liked the previous episodes with Arnie, you're going to love this one. I certainly did. Arnie and I go into more depth around mental health issues and some of the strategies you as a parent can employ. Again, I do need to stress that the content of this podcast doesn't constitute nor should it be considered specific psychological advice for you or your child. As with all medical, physical and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this chat with Arnie Phillips. Arnie Phillips, welcome back to the show. Thank you, yet again. Yeah, it's Great to be back. Groundhog Week. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? Uh, very good. So the last time we caught up was just before Easter, so um, there's been a lot of long weekends and working over the long weekends. So. And resting. Um, resting, yeah, trying to rest, trying to not eat too much chocolate and <laughs> trying to actually enjoy the red wine instead of... <laughs> You know, sipping through it in a daze. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we had the conundrum, which was: do we let the kids go hard on like eating all their eggs at once, or do we try and uh, stagger it over a week? And and we went for just just go hard, go 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 hard or go home. So so we had a, a frenetic day on Easter Sunday, and uh, I think uh, there's only Annie that's left with eggs right now. So I think we did pretty well out of that. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to pick your battles, don't you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, um, I only had some great feedback so far from episodes one and two of the uh, coronavirus specials. And one of the key um, questions that's coming through is, what are the best mental health strategies that you can recommend for parents? That's a big question, isn't it? It's pretty, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to be honest, it's pretty common in the um, clients that I'm seeing, both child clients and adult as well, is how do we maintain or achieve that self-care or the mental well-being, especially in this chaos and, or, yeah, in the, the chaos that we've got at the moment. So one of the big things that any psychologist would probably start with is in terms of the personal well-being. That's the baseline that we work on. Um, and when I say the personal well-being, that's about making sure that your diet, sleep and exercise is all, you know, you're ticking the boxes in those three categories. Yeah. Um, so from a diet perspective, it's just about eating reasonably healthy, um, trying to eat regularly, trying to eat three meals a day. You know, a dietitian would be able to give you more information or advice on that, but it can be very easy in this working from home, homeschool kind of routine to just have eight meals a day. And <laughs> have you got I'm a camera in my house? As <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was chatting with a client um, yesterday about uh, they have like 
two and a half meals a day, and I was like, definitely I have eight. There's <laughs> first breakfast and second breakfast. That's <laughs> like the hobbits. Yeah, <laughs> I, I found myself doing that yesterday and today. Like I have a pretty good, decent lunch, and then 20 minutes later I was like, oh, yeah, banana smoothie with some nuts in. would go really nice. And I don't know whether that was just a, a, distractory, a distracting technique or whether – I was actually hungry or a bit of everything. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Well, there's always a slice of raisin bread ready to be toasted, isn't there? <laughs> well, the thing is that I worry about is we're hardly moving at the moment. So there's going to be like a, an inflated population, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There'll be a surge on those plus sizes, won't there? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Once we realise that we have to get out of the tracksuits and into uh, some casual work attire. <laughs> So, so what are you thinking, Arnie? Do you reckon it's a case of looking at the diet or, or planning the, the, the meals for the week and sticking to them or maybe having an option for, you know, an occasional snack but, but preempting those things? Yeah, I think it's probably more a case rather than changing your diet too much, it's more about trying to plan and prepare based on what you've always had. Um, and whilst it... I know there's a lot of people that are kind of taking this opportunity to change their life and change the way they live and, you know, learn a new language or do exercise every day. The reality is that there's so much going on in our lives, even though we're doing far less, it may seem. Um, You know, you're trying to get your head around the whole sickness side of things that, you, you know, you may get sick or someone else may get sick, but then there's, all the worry and stress that you're going to be getting with work and um, having to do homeschooling, all that sort of thing. Um, The change to routine is massive. So you don't necessarily want to add another stressor on top of that of I've got to go out and buy activated almonds and make sure that they're prepared three days in advance and then I start cooking my meals two hours before I'm ready to eat. Because that's just adding more onto your to-do list. So it's really just a matter of, I think, making sure that you have sensible meals, you have them prepared and that you're going to stick, you know, stick reasonably close to them. Yeah. But again, pick your battles. You Pick your battles with your kids. Pick your battles with yourself. If you feel like, if you don't feel like having, you know, a sensible, nutritious meal for one night a week, a couple of nights a week, just don't. It's, these are strange times. Yeah, don't in, so don't beat you beat don't yourself up unnecessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I noticed uh, one of my friends had in place the rule on himself that he'd only drink wine at the weekends, and he felt yeah. that was good because he noticed after a few days of lockdown that he was hitting a bottle of wine a night with his wife, and it's like yeah. this is awesome. But I think it's Saturday every day. And so for him actually just going, right, okay, Friday and Saturday night, those are the nights when we can open the wine. It sort of gave that break in in the week as well, which yeah. he found to be really good and it's probably saving his liver. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No drinking on a school night. <laughs> Although a lot of people listening be like, what? (laughs) 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 Take away my one pleasure of the day. Yeah. That's how we start the day in the uh, staff room is a drink of wine to get us through this homeschool. Yeah, that's probably, there's probably more truth to that than that. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's, uh, I think there's been a, a high-stress environment uh, in most schools over the last few weeks with uh, rallying around to get all the homeschooling uh, gear going. It's no mean feat by any shake of the stick. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I digress. So, so obviously, balanced diet is a big one there, Arnie. And so, what you're saying yeah. is, you know, just have your routine. Don't try and get too fancy. Try something on the sides if you if you really like it. But you know, don't beat yourself up if you're you're going too wayward. But try to yeah. control it and restrict yourself to the usual eating habits that you had before. Yeah, yep. Don't put yourself under too much pressure of changing. Or adding another change into your life that you don't necessarily need. Yeah, right unless now. it's a really high priority, like one of the two, yeah. one or two things that you really want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's probably one of the other things we can talk about later on is, um, you know, your personal values. What's important to you? Is is it important to you that, or where do you find joy? What adds the pluses in your life? If it is going through the process of cooking some elaborate meal that you've never cooked before um, and you enjoy that whole creative process, then by all means, embrace it now. Yeah. This is that ideal chance, but don't feel like you have to do that. Don't feel like you have to change your diet and suddenly be eating um, gourmet meals three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, keep it real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually bumped into a friend, uh, not literally um when i was walking my dog <laughs> yeah we were at a distance and um he's actually gone through a process recently where he noticed a bunch of things were creeping into his daily schedule that were just not making him feel good like he was hitting the chocolate a lot i said you know yep. just don't feel good the next day after eating a whole bunch of chocolate and and things like this and so he just did a bit of an inventory uh, a pretty quick one because he does a lot of journaling and and he just went through and went, right, okay, chocolate's not making me feel good, so why am I eating it a lot every day? And he just made the yeah. conscious decision, go, I'm not going to be the type of person that eats chocolate every day while we're in lockdown. And yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to supplant that with journaling. Or, you know, there was a positive that he swapped it out for, or he, he just went through the list of things that he didn't think were adding benefits to his life. And then yeah. just wrote a list of things that he knows always make him feel good. And why don't I do those every day? Like walking down the beach and seeing the sunrise, you know, or, yeah. or you know, early in the day. It's a beautiful thing. Why wouldn't I do that yeah. every day? It makes me feel amazing. And he said he just really enjoyed having gone through that process and having it written down. Yeah. And I'd say probably that approach that he's got of taking the inventory and journaling what he's doing that kind of picks up on something that, we would do in psychology as well, which is having a diary, keeping a diary, behaviour diary, mood diary, call it what you want. It's just about keeping a track of, you know, how do I feel? And that could be on a scale of one to ten. One is horrible, ten is the best I've ever felt. How do I feel today and what did I do that made me feel that way? Was it because I started the day with a hangover? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because... <laughs> I've been eating chocolate all day. You know, what is well, it? I stayed up late and couldn't get out of bed until much later than normal. The kids were ahead of yeah. me. <laughs> I was like behind yeah. the eight ball straight away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just it's picking up on, you know, mindful. There's the mindful being in the moment, but it's also mindful of knowing how your day-to-day -day actions can impact your mood. Yeah. 
um, and how you can make a slight change to some of those actions or behaviours to lift your mood. Great. So, uh, so um, with some of your clients, Arnie, would you actually get them to keep a, a diet? I mean, would you recommend yeah. people in lockdown right now maybe keep a very bare bones di- a diary? It can be helpful. Yeah. Yep. What um, sort of what sort of things do you reckon you'd sort of look, look for? What are the so markers? You or? can pick up on pick up on things like you know the diet, sleep, exercise um, information, but it can also be about uh, what activities that they've done. Um, you know, did I read a book? Did I listen to music? Did I listen to a podcast? That type of thing. Um, did I sit down or did I go for a walk down and watch the sunrise? Um, did I have 10 coffees today or did I have five coffees today or what sort of a, you know, what was <laughs> yeah. my caffeine intake like? Yeah. Um, from a social perspective, did I call a few friends? Did I have FaceTime with my mate? Just those types of things. Um, and you don't necessarily need to go into a great level of detail. It could just be a scale of one to 10 or one to five on every one of those um, measures where you can just say, you know, from um, a social perspective, I'd rate today a two out of five because I didn't catch up with many people, but at least I did speak with the people who were in this house. Yeah. Um, from a social or an entertainment perspective, I'd rate it at a four because I listened to one of my favourite albums today. Yeah. Um, from a diet perspective, I'll rate it at a three. I had three meals at standard meal times um and they were reasonably good meals so those types of things so it's just a matter of keeping a a basic scorecard as you need yeah and then reflecting back on it so you might you know look back every couple of days and say that was a really good day what can i replicate out of that day to try and make sure that tomorrow is as successful yeah well, while you were saying that, it made me um, think of a quote I saw from, well, it was a list I saw from um, Seneca, the the great sort of Stoic philosopher. And yeah. and like, it was a list of the things that he tries to do daily or tried to do daily, I should say. He's, he's gone now. But he would try to wake up early, stick to his routine, treat everyone he met as an opportunity for kindness. He would look for one nugget of wisdom, prepare for adversity. He would write, for, uh, write to a friend and meditate on his own mortality. And then yeah. he would put his day up for a review, review, like he'd look back on his day. So it kind of covers a whole bunch of those things that you've just gone through, Arnie. Um, yeah, it does, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that idea of just, like, reviewing your day, just going, hey, yeah. what actually worked, what didn't? I've had a few of those <laughs> introspections where, why did the wheels fall off so quickly? Yeah. <laughs> Especially yesterday. That was a, <laughs> yesterday was a low point. <laughs> First day of homeschooling, <laughs> epic fail. <laughs> um, it's got a great in the KPIs, though. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah. but um, okay. No, so that's great. So obviously, that's I, I love that idea of a, a sort of a basic scorecard on it. Um, you know, keeping your diet sorted. You mentioned sleep. And wake cycles as well. Like, what sort of things should be we be looking for here, or any any thoughts on that? Um, I'd say just making sure that you're getting the minimum required sleep. So I think on average it's around eight hours. Um, it kind of drops off as we get older, but just making sure that you're getting the 
necessary hours of sleep um, and also that you're going to bed at roughly the same time, getting up at roughly the same time. Yeah. Um, there's a whole approach you can take in terms of, you know, if you are, if you do find yourself waking up at um, three or four o'clock in the morning and you can't get back to sleep, then make sure that you're not, um, you're not staying in bed for longer than 20 minutes or half an hour. Yeah, I've heard that works really well going into another room until you're tired again and then going back to bed so you don't associate your bedroom with being restlessly being awake. awake. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's also the import or benefit of knowing your pre-bed routine. So if you've got a routine that you go through, most people that uh, or most clients that I raise this with will say, no, I've got no pre-sleep routine or pre-bed routine. <laughs> yeah, but then they, you know, they'll go home and think about it and they say, well, yeah, I do. I, um, I'll have a cup of tea and I'll sit down and I'll watch the late night news and then I'll let the dog out, take the dog out for a quick walk and then bring it back in and then I'll brush my teeth, I'll have my medication and then go to bed, read a book for five, ten minutes and then sleep. And um, they, the body or the brain kind of gets used to that routine even though the client may not realise that they do it. Yeah. The brain knows that it's a routine or a process that they go through pre-sleep. So there's um, there can be an advantage if you're waking up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't get back to sleep, then almost replaying that pre-bed routine ah, right, can yeah. trick your brain into getting um, returning to sleep as well. So yep. that can be an advantage. Um, there's other techniques that you take if the inability to uh, achieve or maintain sleep is a bit of a chronic issue, then there's almost a sleep deprivation task that we can take. We'll right. save that for another. No, no. Could you give us a, like the <clears throat> highlight? Basically, you need to, again, have a sleep diary, keep track of how many hours that you do sleep. Or Which is super minutes. easy with phones now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to bed at, say, 10 o'clock and you get up at 6 o'clock, but in that period of time you're only getting three hours sleep, then there's a very, it's a, um, it can be a challenging technique for some clients to take on. But, yeah, if you're getting three hours sleep in that period, that eight-hour period, then pick three hours when you do want to sleep and you're going to bed at, say, 12 o'clock at night and you're going to get up at 3 o'clock no matter how much sleep you've got. So, you're, ah, you're, compre- you're, you're, you're compressing the time when you allow yourself to sleep so it forces your body yeah. to actually sleep when it can when you let when, it when it can yeah so you know you don't sleep any time outside of that other than you know you might have a 10 or 15 minute nap through the day just to get yourself through yeah but um you don't stay in any longer and you do that for two weeks roughly and then add 15 minutes on either at the start uh, or right. So um, it's, yeah, it's an approach that um, I'll take with clients, but it involves a fair bit of planning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Planning, working out with the client, what's going to work in their, yeah. in their day-to-day routine and also in their life. Like if they've got a challenging um, time coming up, then we don't necessarily want to throw this in as well, but 
Yeah, that's it. That's when you really hit your, you know, you're in dire straits and you desperately need some help. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was thinking there's actually no better time than now to get into polyphasic sleeping if it's something you've been putting off doing. If you've been tempted by trying polyphasic sleeping but have, have struggled with, uh, what what if, you know, I have a fair bit of driving to do. It's unsafe to be super tired when, because, you know, it's about three weeks I think most people take to adjust to it. Uh, might yeah. be longer actually, and and in those times, I've heard horror stories of people saying they've almost fallen asleep at the wheel and so on. So, right now, you couldn't ask for a better, you know, forced rest to to yeah, experiment right. with. Yeah. And you know, you're working from home, you can have a snooze in in on the couch or in bed yeah. for 15 yeah. minutes in the afternoon when you wouldn't normally. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, yeah. Now's the time to embrace it. Oh, yeah. yeah, like we were talking about before, if there's something that takes your fancy then jump on it now yeah well i found i was i was inadvertently polyphasic sleeping (laughs) last year because um the the, we just got into a routine of reading stories to the kids and i was so tired i'd fall asleep at sort of 8 8 30 and i'd wake up at 12 wide awake i'd had my four hours solid sleep deep sleep and I, I was bright as a button. I was like, wow, this is ace. And I'd just crack on, do some work. And whereas I wanted to do some work at sort of 8.30 when I'd finished putting the kids to bed, I was just too tired. But I was totally refreshed at 12 and I'd smash out two and a half, three hours. And then I'd go back to bed feeling tired at that stage. And then I'd sleep for another three hours. And I was feeling pretty good about that whole system. Yeah. So just yeah. a massively un- unsocial when it comes to the weekend. You go, I'm going to go get my head down at 8.30. <laughs> yeah. But I'll see you back at midnight. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I'll, I'll rally for the second part of the yeah. second half of the yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> All guns are blazing. <laughs> now, the, um, the other thing that I thought of when you were going through that description of um, sort of sleep training, I guess, on is one of the things I found worked really well for me was when I um, started – I sort of happened, uh, well, I, I created my own sleep routine that involved a, a stretch routine as well because I had some rehab to do on my shoulder. And so every night I would I would have a shower first. So I'd end up having a shower, warm shower, sort of 15, 20 minutes before I was aiming to go to bed. And then I'd go into the garage um, where we've got like an exercise floor and just do, go through my like a 15 minute routine of all the the physio physio exercises essentially and um it's like the gymnastic bodies program that that i was doing which was more of a a rehab program and it was it was fantastic because i sort of trained my body to to realize that one i'd changed its temperature and sort of had that warm temperature that sort of kicked off the 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 preparing for bed um i'd I'd gone through my my nighttime routine but then i'd I'd started doing a stretching routine and which was really relaxing me and i I even turned the lights down in the garage so really dim lights and i was probably just listening often i'd just listen to a podcast or something and then by the time i went to bed head hit the pillow i was out within i don't know (laughs) maybe 90 seconds (laughs) it certainly (laughs) felt that way but uh it it works like a treat and and um yeah it was only because i had those physio exercises to do that i sort of happened upon it but um yeah it's been been really good and i think that change in temperature can be a big part of of setting yourself off to sleep as well can't it yeah definitely that change in temperature will but um that just thinking of those physio stretching exercises it's probably replicating another technique that we use in sleep management and that's progressive muscle relaxation so right which is um just a process of 
working through the major muscles of the body, starting at the toes and working your way through to the head and just stretching or tensing the muscles. So you might tighten, curl your toes up for three to five seconds, feel that tension and the, um, the, yeah, the tensing of the muscles yeah. and then just relax and feel the difference in that tension and the relaxation of the muscles. Um, do that two or three times for your toes and then work your way through basically through your entire body. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, you can, there'll be scripts on YouTube. What, what's it um, called again, Oni? It's progressive muscle relaxation. Right, yeah. I'll look that um, up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a... it'd pretty much be, you know, what you're doing with your physio routine, hmm. just stretching the muscles. Getting into a deeper stretch. Get, getting some of that energy out. Yeah. And then, yeah, just feeling the relaxation as well. Yeah. All right. Get some of the tension out too. Yep. And that's the one where you, you get to your face even as well. And you really, you don't realize how much tension you're sort of holding around your eyes and that sort of stuff. That, you, yeah. that would really come out in that exercise, I imagine. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's an uh, activity that I'll do with um, young kids as well. Just sit down with them. The activity that I'll do in sessions is to trace out the body and then pick out a few different muscle groups and then talk about, you know, we'll pick animals that might stretch different parts of their body. So, you know, stretch your feet like a bird gripping onto the branches and stretch your neck like a giraffe. And you can get some weird suggestions from kids like <laughs> yeah. stretch, stretch your stomach like a uh, penguin. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those really good techniques that can mm. be useful at all ages. Yeah. I found with the kids as well, um, like a meditation app, there, there's a whole bunch of them online now, but just on the phone, just playing a story. It, it wasn't really meditation. It was just a, a bedtime story with sort of a little bit of music in the background, but that worked really well yeah. for the kids too. Yeah, right. Although they've clocked onto it now. No, I hate that meditation, Dad. I don't want that. <laughs> like, come on, you've got to do this for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not about you. <laughs> it's not you, it's me this time. <laughs> I think that's generally why I'd be falling asleep. <laughs> I did I did have many occasions when uh, the kids were younger where I'd drop the book on my head, right, because I'd be reading like that and I'd be like, I'd fall asleep mid-sentence and I'd get a, n a nudge in the ribs, Dad, wait, carry on reading. <laughs> Stop falling asleep. <laughs> and by the way, your nose is bleeding down. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, we only go for small books now. <laughs> now, um, Arnie, you mentioned obviously, so we've gone through a balanced diet, sleep, um, wake cycles, uh, and then you mentioned exercise as well. A any thoughts around exercise or, or a way to approach that or particular things that you can recommend? Uh, yeah, I think probably a personal trainer would know a lot more about <laughs> exercise than what I did, what I do. Um, and anyone who knows me will know that I'm not necessarily the most physically active person, but I think it's a matter of making sure that we do get some sort of exercise. Um, for me, my way of sneaking in work is, or sneaking in exercise, <laughs> is parking, parking the uh, car a long way from work. Yeah. Um, and then... I'm forced to walk that distance. 
Um, so I guess that for me, that's my way of forcing exercise. Yeah. Have you been getting around that? People, eh? I looked at my phone the other day and I didn't like a thousand steps for the day. (laughs) Are you like, like, oh, that's not bad for a day? No, no, that's a week. Yeah. Yeah. So my physical exercise, this is more a case of do as I do or do as I say, don't do as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, because we discount the amount of exercise that we would normally have just walking to and from shops office everywhere. Yeah. i reckon yeah. most people have taken a massive hit on footsteps for sure um so it, that can just be a matter of understanding how often we take those like we do that exercise um and we touched on this briefly in the last episode of going through a school day but for um parents or for adults it's about going through your working day and what are some of the things that you do in your working day you walk from home to the car you walk from the car to the office um are there meetings where you walk to the other side of the building or to another building uh what about your coffee breaks or lunch breaks or for you i think you head down and check the surf out at 11 o'clock yeah so what's the exercise that's just a part of your everyday activity and are you at least ticking some of those boxes um because that will have an effect on your well-being, but also your mood. Or, or even have um, you replaced them? Because if you can't do them, have you figured out something that can actually achieve the same aim? Because I think we we talked about this earlier with my coffee. I, I yeah. found myself just craving the coffee. Well, thinking I'm craving coffee, but when it comes down to it, I think I'm just craving getting up from a chair and the ritual of making coffee. Because yeah. um, the third coffee of the day today... I said to myself, I don't think I actually need this coffee right now. And so I just put down the grinder, boiled the kettle, just had hot water, and I was good. It was almost like just having gone up, picked up the grinder, put down the grinder, filled the, <laughs> filled the cup. It was just the, yeah. the motions I needed to go through, as a whether yeah. it was a break, a distraction, I don't know. But it was um, an interesting sort of realisation, I think, that... Uh, yeah, why am I actually doing this right now? And um, yeah, I think yeah. I realised that we do that a few times a day at work. Yeah. yeah, and that when you think about that, the routine of making a coffee is a really good example of grounding um, in your day-to-day life. So <laughs> literally, <and> figuratively. <laughs> 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 I see Very what you good. did there, Andy. Very good. <laughs> Um, so that like the sensory I spy that I'll get kids to do of, you know, five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, that type of approach. I see. Sorry, run, run, run me through that again, Oni. So what would you so say? It's um, sitting down and if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling worried, then name five things you can see, name four things you can hear, name three things you can touch. Name two things you can smell. Name one thing you can taste. Um, so that's an example of sensory I spy. Another one can be to sit down with a sibling or a friend or a parent and just take it in turns to name something that you can hear. Um, and, you know, so I can hear the dog barking. I can hear the whirring of the um, computer fan. I can hear... 
um, cars going past outside. I can hear my siblings playing in the room next door. So just taking it in turns to listen to the things you can hear yeah. at the moment. It's another, as I said, it's a you know grounding technique. So your ritual of making the coffee is a ritual where you find um, some sense of calm because you're going through that approach of, you know, you're touching the beans, you're grinding the coffee. So they're, they're things that you can touch. There's the smell of the aroma of freshly ground coffee beans and the sound of the water pouring in and boiling the beans as well. Hmm. Um, I'm getting thirsty right smell now. <laughs> on the taste. Yeah. Okay, I, want, I really, really want a coffee. I want to have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sold. Um, All right, I'll be back in a minute. Let's just pause uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Pavlo, welcome back. Yeah, that's much better. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I think that's probably a good example of using a grounding technique. Um, for for you're not necessarily doing it to get the caffeine fix. Yeah. Also, that's an added benefit. You're punctuating also, your day. It's like a ritual that you're yeah, looking for. So, and yeah, there's probably some level of stress and anxiety in your day-to-day work that is normal you know that's good that it keeps you alert <laughs> if, um, i wouldn't say day-to-day work but yesterday the day-to-day homeschooling there's <laughs> definitely a lot of stress involved in that <laughs> i don't know whether you saw my picture on instagram but the wheels definitely fell off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going so well until it wasn't <laughs> It was going so well until we actually started. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked so well in my head. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. then, then, then we did the handover from Sarah to me. And uh, yeah, so uh, it was basically Rome was falling around me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and you were oh. left playing your fiddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, we you probably shouldn't go into that right now. <laughs> Although I'm sure I, I hope no, no, I don't hope, but I'm sure lots of other people have been going through it similar because it is it is um, challenging, Arnie. It's uh, yes. it's yeah, way more challenging I, than I thought it would be. I have no doubt, no doubt at all. <laughs> I feel um, like I think having three kids as well, we're definitely outnumbered. It's almost like <laughs> two thirds of the team are generally onside. It just it's it's the offsider that just comes in and flanks us and uh, and, and stirs yeah. everyone up. And that offsider just happens to be a uh, octopus with eight arms and legs flying everywhere you can't control. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I I don't know because actually this is important. I suppose we should go into this, honey, because. I noticed myself getting triggered massively by this and getting back to the, you know, mental health strategies. I don't normally get triggered as much as I did yesterday. Either probably, I think there was at least one instance, maybe two <laughs> that I remember where <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but uh, it just, it was, it was tough. And, and I, like, I, I like to think that that doesn't normally happen to me, but yesterday was, yeah. Uh, yep. exceptional yep. Any, any thoughts um, on what can I do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, most people are so is that all that positive 
approach to look at the situation that we're in at the moment. But on top of that, there's the massive change that we're all experiencing as well. Um, and the fact that that alone is bringing us a level of stress and anxiety that we don't normally experience, um, that we haven't faced before. Um, and so that's, I guess it's a matter of being aware of the fact that you're feeling that. Um, I know when you're in the moment and you've got two kids under control and one flying off the handle, <laughs> you might, like that's the moment that you're going to lose it. But um, I th think it's probably a case of knowing that or accepting the fact that there it is a stressful situation that everyone's in, um, that even though consciously it's not a stress for us, subconsciously our body and our brains are going through a level of stress, even if it's just the fact that our normal routine is upset. Yeah, um, it's like a residual um, sort of high alert. Yeah, yeah, it's something that increases, and we were talking before about the stress tank, that water tank that sits inside of us and yeah, gets filled can, up with different through levels that? of anxiety. Yeah, through that analogy. Yeah, it's so it's it's a really useful analogy to explain stress and the importance of stress release behaviour. So the idea is that there's inside of every one of us there's a water tank that fills up with stress. So and that can be stresses about finance, stresses about relationships, stresses about work, stresses about health, all those normal things that give us the baseline of stress within that water tank. Um, and then in order to keep that down and keep ourselves feeling normal and reasonably stress-free, we've got strategies to deal with that stress. And that can be um, catching up with friends. It can be exercise. It'll be diet, those things we went through before. It'll be, um, you know, regular sleep patterns, those types of things. They're the tap that is on the water tank that can drain drain the stress levels out. Um, the thing that we need to be, I guess, mindful of now is the fact that we've got these levels of stress, the normal levels of stress in there. Um, but there's also these additional levels of stress of uh, how am I going to be able to do this work when I'm not actually in the office and I don't have my colleague right next to me who we can normally brainstorm these ideas. How am I going to make sure that I get to that meeting on time because last time I dialed into Zoom was a nightmare and I was 10 minutes late and the meeting had finished. Um, isn't that a dream? Meetings that finish after 10 minutes. <laughs> I know my meetings are going quicker these days. <laughs> Everyone's really on it. That's great, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, there's those work-related stresses that we'll be experiencing that are just, and they may be just a little, you know, a shot glass into that water tank of stress, but yeah. they're enough if you have enough of them. Yeah, and it's on there's top of what of, your body would normally be or your, your whole lifestyle would normally be built to get rid of but there's yeah, a surplus yep. left over that you're not exactly. getting rid of. Yeah, that's right. There's, you know, the homeschooling, there's the fact that you aren't catching up with friends so you don't know um, how they're going and they don't know how you're going and you can't just have that release as well. So there's that stress that's building up, but in addition, we're not getting the opportunity for exercise or for proper sleep or um, our diet 
may be worse than what it could be um, or we're drinking way too much coffee through the day or <laughs> all those sorts of things that yeah. at the moment they seem good but throw a bottle of wine yeah. on top and uh, you've got a full recipe for, <laughs> <laughs> for slow, slow but ever uh, ever uh, yeah just disaster <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, ability to find <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts there, Arnie? Like, I mean, it's a great picture, I think, and I mean, certainly, you know, when you think that we are built to cope, or we've built our lives to cope with a certain level of inputs of around, you know, negative stress, but um, if we're not releasing the same amounts now because our our lifestyle isn't, you know, um, sort of get it processing that stress. Like, um, what what other things can we be doing? Any thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I think one really helpful thing is to write it down. This kind of um, is a, probably a recurring theme for me is to, you know, if you can visualise what it is that so name is causing it. Yeah. you stress, um, then it's not just that unknown that's floating around in your head and causing stress as well or it's too big to handle or it's um, too wild to tame. If you can actually list some of the things that are causing you stress and list some of the things that back in normal times, what did you do to release stress or what are some of the things that you did that you enjoyed? Um, So you may not have consciously done it to release stress but the fact that... um, you're not doing yeah, it, it's causing higher stress, like just walking from the yeah. car to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, for you walking down with your workmates at 11 o'clock to check out the surf, mm. um, you're not doing it to release stress, but it does, It's a it has that added benefit of releasing stress because there's the exercise, there's social, there's that grounding of, you know, looking at the surf. The break away from the screen. Yeah. Yep, all those sorts of things are coming together to help you to relieve that stress and drain that stress water tank. So um, being able to list out the things that cause stress and the things that help you reduce stress is really um, advantageous. Right. Depending on how visual you want to get, you can you know, sit down and draw a water tank. That could be the next pandemic. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Drawing a water tank and draw the you know, water overflowing and draw the water coming out of the tap and listing some of the drops of water that's coming out of the tap, you know, labelling that as exercise and social and those types of things, that can really help. It's almost a cathartic way of managing stress and reflecting back on it. So I was just visualising my picture with a fire hose in the top called homeschooling. <laughs> I was like, get that hose out of here. <laughs> You're a bit traumatized by this. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scarred. Yeah, well, you're not alone. From what I've heard, you're not alone. I'm, I'm lucky. Like Sarah's a qualified teacher. She's a legend. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just me that's <laughs> dragging, dragging the anchor. Having coped well with it. No. <laughs> so, anyway, it's only day day two, um, day two. We've got plenty plenty of days to go to to improve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only way is up. <laughs> so I, I guess um, this this harks back to what you were talking about with early warning signs as well, doesn't it, Arnie? So if you've named some of those things, 
when they start popping up in the day as well. I yeah. mean, would it, or is, are the, do you think of the early warning signs more of like a, maybe a, a feeling or, you know, something that, you know, is occurring physiologically in you? Is that more yeah. what you're thinking? So the early warning signs will be, it could be a physical feeling that you've got. It could be a thought that you have. Um, and you may not be conscious of those thoughts, but. Or a muttering under your breath. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did exactly. a bit of that today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I noticed it. That was the good thing. Exactly. Yeah, um, and that's the first step to acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but I think if you can be aware of some of those feelings in your body, you know, it may just be that you notice that your shoulders are up around your ears more often than not because you're walking around with that kind of tension. Yeah. Or it could be that you're tapping your hand or tapping your leg a lot more. That could be your warning sign. Um, it could be so that, you know, they're probably more examples of behaviours that you would go through. It could be pacing. You know, if you ask Sarah, what do I do when I'm stressed? She'll be like, yeah. Here's a list of 20, the first 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come back when you've got those under control because there's another 200. <laughs> yep. Um, the thoughts that we mentioned before, the feelings and then the behaviours, so the actions that you kind of go through. Yeah. And then obviously others won't know the physical sensations that you feel or the thoughts that you have, but if you verbalise those thoughts, like do they know that Dad's muttering under his breath? We didn't hear what he said, yeah. but we know that when he's muttering under his breath, shouldn't be repeated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to know what he's <laughs> No, it's a good um, point. But when you were saying that, I mean, I mean, previously about the shoulders thing, I was thinking if you actually recognise that that's one of the telltales, then I mean, building in like a uh, a stretching, uh, you know, session twice a day or something like that could actually preempt that and head it off at the pass, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it could. Um, and also, kind of being aware that all right, once my shoulders start to go up, then I'm going to be a bit more agitated. I know that. Today I'm agitated. I know I'm on edge. So, and I know that I'm about to go into the lounge room where we've got the kids set up who are meant to be doing homeschooling. Just again, just being aware of the fact that I'm on edge and I'm about to enter the homeschooling environment that is bound to trigger me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, is that worth, as you say, doing the stretches or just sitting down for 30 seconds, gather yourself and take a deep breath? Yeah. Know, in through the nose, hold your breath, out through the mouth, do that four, seven, eight um, technique. The four, seven, eight. So so breathe in for four, hold for seven, and then out for eight? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, so doing that for five or ten times, then that could be enough for you to, you know, just lower your shoulders, reduce your tension, then enter the war zone. Yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't call it that, I know, but it definitely felt like it yesterday. And it, it was remarkable. Sarah even commented, uh, you know, I walked into the room and it would go go off like a frog in a sock. I, what the hell happened here? <laughs> Not in a good and, and she said, look, yeah, well, it was under control. Like, what did happen? She wasn't blaming me, but it, we were both noticing that as soon as there were two parents in the room, all of a sudden the gloves were off, like the... The, the decibels raised and um yeah the 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 antagonizing kicked off and 
I mean, maybe it was like what you said earlier um, when we were chatting about when you had two teachers in a classroom. You know, the, yeah. the dynamic's broken and, and the kids know that one teacher that's looking after them doesn't have the full attention on them. And so they yeah. start playing yeah, out. Right. Yeah, and it's years since I was in a classroom, as I said, but I remember we could all be, or well, most of us would be studiously paying attention to what's on the board or working through our notepads, just keeping our, keeping our own business. And as soon as someone else walked in, if it was a you know, student from another grade or a principal or a teacher or a parent or a visiting, uh, some sort of visitor there to present something, then things would go, go chaotic. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Okay. So yeah. mental note for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So, Just I mean, sneak into the room, yeah. do, do you think there's also a part to play with actually having that discussion with your partner? about hey when you notice this going on can you just mention something to me or like could there be some can yeah. you ta you know, obviously work together to sort of not because i know you probably could agitate if someone said hey you look pretty stressed right now <laughs> like don't call me stressed <laughs> like but but actually having that conversation beforehand and, and coming up with a strategy between two of you of yeah. of just going let me take it from here or something like that yeah Definitely. Um, and as you say, there'll be something like, you know, don't call me stressed. If that's another antagonist for you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then, you know, pick the safe word. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that's where, you know, the importance of having that conversation. Like, I know that I'm feeling stressed when my shoulders are up. How could you, do you think you would? You know, sitting down with your partner and saying, do you think you can recognise when my shoulders are up around my ears and I'm feeling tense? Yes. All right, what do you think you could say to remind me? Stop being so tense. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. That's brainstorming. <laughs> yeah, it works. Okay, another idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, because I mean, it could, I think probably in my case, what worked really well was Sarah at one stage said, you know, don't worry. I've got, I've got this. I'll take it from here, and so she yeah. then took the reins, and that mm -hmm. was ace because it sort of, it just let me get outside and <laughs> reframe, should we say? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, have a quick word with myself. Yeah. Engage in preferred tasks. Uh, yeah, 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 rather than the non-preferred tasks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just, I, I feel for so many parents right now because it is. It's gonna. I reckon there's gonna be massive ding dongs going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People feeling guess, pretty beating themselves up as well about why can't I yeah. do this and this shouldn't be this hard and all that sort of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. For parents, I think homeschooling kind of falls into that non-preferred task activity. <laughs> well, I, I actually like the idea of it. It's a wonderful idea. It's like, oh yeah, you know, homeschooling the kids. Yeah, you could live anywhere, still work, be wonderful. But uh, the reality of it, I think, uh, shouldn't be underestimated just what a skill set teaching is. Yeah. So, um, okay, now the, I, I think that covers off what you mentioned about knowing yourself as well, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So knowing yourself, so um, what are your triggers and then also letting other people know that as well, letting mm -hmm. you know, your partner or 
um, a trusted friend. So for a lot of um, you know single parents who are at home and trying to homeschool, trying to manage this homeschooling environment for five or six kids, that is an absolute nightmare where, where they don't have someone to come in and say, you're looking a bit stressed or it's okay, I've got this for the next half hour or do you want me to get you a coffee? They don't have that. So, you know, sharing that with a friend or just getting a friend to, you know, just saying, can you ring me at 11 o'clock every day? Just to check, check in, still remind alive. me that there's another world, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's about understanding what will work in everyone's unique um, situation. Yeah. And I loved your point in the other episode about actually trying to help others actually helps yourself as well. And just reaching out yeah. to people, you know, just asking how someone is and seeing if there's anything you can do to help. And um, yeah. yeah, you actually feel like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a bit of use at the moment <laughs> after one of the debacles. <laughs> So anytime you want to boost your own self-esteem, Rich, you can just come around and mop our floors. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> yeah totally. Helping us. <laughs> just, yeah, because that was. Believe you enjoy that. Ah, <laughs> oh, it, it was brilliant. Just because uh, I don't think we discussed. It. I think we discussed that before that we started recording. But one of the things I, I found over the last, uh, I think, two weeks, uh, at the end of the day, is the only time I seem to get quiet time. I, I, I don't feel like I can listen to podcasts or audiobooks, which is, is what I really love. I, I can't seem to do that when the kids are around and we're supposed to be on as parents and then on as you know, workers. And um, and so the, the nighttime wind down has been really good and I've been cleaning down the kitchen, all the sides, and then just you know, hoovering up, putting the washing on, putting the bread on, going through that, but then mopping the floors and it's been ace. <laughs> just listening to my podcast going, ah, finish the floor. Ah, I haven't finished the podcast yet. What else <laughs> should I do before you know, before I go to bed? Because I, I really want to get to the end of this podcast. So um, there's definitely, uh, uh, you know, should we say, it's, uh, well, actually, the, there's a whole thing in Japan. Because when we were in there, when we were training, they have this whole process of cleaning. It's called shoji. And the idea is that you, you you clean as uh, as carefully and mindfully as you can, and then you get to the stage where you're not actually having to think of it, and it becomes almost like a meditative thing. Now I wasn't yeah. consciously doing that, but now we've just talked about it, it kind of <laughs> springs to mind because it it's because you're so focused on a physical activity. Once you yeah. get into the motion of it, you then forget about it, and it it allows you to just relax. It's really good. <laughs> so yeah, I'll mop, mop your floor anytime. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a dab hand <laughs> <laughs> coming around to meditate by mopping <laughs> yeah meditative mopping I think yeah. <laughs> you're onto something there aren't you <laughs> cool all right well um, training for uh, on that note floor's uh floor's not going to clean itself aren't he <laughs> <laughs> uh, right well that that's been brilliant Arnie. there's there's massive amounts of gold in there and um yeah really appreciate you taking the time to to, to chat with us and uh well say us i mean me and share with the listeners <laughs> the, oh, i haven't got is. my imaginary friend here wilson on the on the, on the volleyball <laughs> <laughs> i totally need to put one up behind me you do yeah <laughs> we expect it to be there next time yeah. <laughs> just like uh, tom hanks on castaway but um yeah. 
yeah that that's really good i really appreciate it it's been fantastic arnie and uh, i look forward to our next installment Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Arnie as much as I did. If you liked the episode, please tell any friends you think would also like it. It's a great help. If you or your kids are particularly struggling and would like to reach out to Arnie, I'll put some links to his practice in the show notes. Arnie and I are going to be recording more of these conversations to help families deal with lockdown. So if you have a question you'd like to ask Arnie, or if you have a particular challenge you think would be useful to share, please email it through to me at rich at thedadmindset.com. I hope you stay safe and sane. And until the next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. <laughs>